Hello, everybody. What's shaking out there? Excited for today's episode. This man has, uh, <laughs> I, I can't even explain what his music has meant to me over the last 15 years. And he's such a huge, huge influence to songwriters, singers all over the country, not just in Nashville. He's an honorary Texan. He has huge fan base all over California, Los Angeles, Sunset Boulevard. He's written some of the greatest songs, in my opinion, Framed and Rural Route. And it ain't easy being me and nothing on me and enough rope i'm talking like listen to this man's song mr chris knight i'm so humbled to have him on the podcast he is as simple as a man can get and he is achieved so much in singing and songwriting in life he loves the outdoors he loves hunting fishing living off the land it was a true pleasure to have mr chris knight on the episode of this life ain't for everybody today brought to you by our friends at Jack Daniels, Lynchburg, Tennessee. Please enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Take Jack with you. If you're going to duck camp, don't drink it until you get there. But when you get there, put on some Chris Knight music and pour yourself a little highball and sit by that fire and just love life. Chris Knight, thank you, my man, for being here. Congratulations on a great career. I know y'all are going to enjoy this. Here's Mr. Chris Knight. Hey, Chris, this is Chad Belding. How are you, bud? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing good this morning. I appreciate you coming on. No problem. How's the day treating you so far? What's that? How's your day treating you so far? Good. You been out working in the yard or what? I've been running one of my dogs down the bottoms. Oh, yeah. What kind of dogs do you have? Oh... I guess they're among people who have raised bird dogs. They're called droppers. They're uh, half. These are half German short air pointer and half English setter. Are Are you raising them? Are you raising them mainly for for a quail type of hunt, or what type of or what type of bird dog are they for you? Anything that moves. Anything that moves, huh? So they they could go in and bust the turkey. Out. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, I got this one right here. I got t- tightening her collar up right now. She's uh, I've had her in flocks. She's only a year old, and uh, she was about six months last uh, January, February. I had her in like three or four flocks, and then I had her in a couple last week, and. Uh, I've never shot a turkey over, but uh, she also has got she got a real strong pointing instinct. So I don't really know. I'm gonna let her hunt what she hunts. You know, she's a tree squirrel too. She's she treats squirrels when I've been out running her. And so I tell I'm if I'm if I'm uh, woodcock hunting and you know. I'm fixing to have a modified full choke tube in my pocket and uh, some five or six shot shells in my pocket and some turkey calls. So if she was to, uh, you know, flush a flock of turkeys, I'll grab her up and try to call some fall turkeys in if it's turkey season, you know, so... 
That's my thinking about it. Pulling a rabbit. And I shoot the rabbit. This pure shit, you know, for as far as bird hunting around here is over. You know, because I was uh I was around here in the eighties. That's when I started bird hunting, late seventies and eighties and you know, people talk like in western Kentucky that the birds went away with the winter of 77 and 78, you know, and that's total bullshit. You know, that's, uh, that we, we used to go find 10 to 10, 12, 14 coveys in a day. Really? Hunt all day long, yeah. And I could, I've had, I got my first dog of my own in 86. And I lived in a little house trailer out on old horse farm and I could walk in any direction from that trailer and one afternoon and find five, six covers of quail and uh, you sure can't do that anymore. They started, the population just really started going down in the early 90s. You think so, you think that has something to do with with the the advancement of people and the you know the houses being built as well as bobcats and predators or what do you think caused the quail to to dwindle It's a little down? bit of everything, but I mean every time you turn around, somebody's cleaning up a old house place or ditch bank and uh, fence row and you know um, planting more corn and soybeans and you know. I don't want to talk bad about anything, but that's my interest is in wildlife, you know, and uh, all these, uh, all the chemicals used and everything. I think, uh, you know, it can't be good for wildlife, no, and especially clearing up all their habitat and all that. You know, it's. uh, um, what are you gonna do? Is your when you start talking about woodcock, rabbit, squirrel, fall turkey, Chris? Do you do they all become table fare for you in the traditional sense of 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 butchering them and processing them and putting them on the table for your for your family? Yeah, yeah. I mean, hunting is fun, but and I don't hunt as you know. Uh, I haven't shot a deer in eight years ever since my son got big enough to. I let him shoot his first deer when he was 10. And I think I shot two deer when he was nine. And he was with me. And that was the last year that I shot a deer because he duck hunts a lot. And he loves duck hunting and he'll eat anything he shoots. I mean, that boy sat there and eat a merganser. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the last time he shot a merganser, and we cooked it up. He said, I ain't shooting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, anything else, you know, any other, uh, you know, diving duck, diver he gets, he, he'll he eat it. And I, you know, and I can cook. I mean, people, I, I'll cook the legs on a can of the goose, you know, and I've, I've made them taste pretty good. You know, you slow cook them in a, in a crock pot and, use some apples and vinegar and olive oil and stuff like that, you know, not a lot of liquid, you know, and you're kind of roasting that thing. And it was very tasty, 
very good. You know, I know people won't eat turkey legs, and that's, you know, there's no need throwing throwing that meat away. No, I was, but yeah, we eat everything. We eat whatever we kill. Yeah, and so we get wild turkeys, a few rabbits, squirrels, uh, up and birds, and uh, you know, deer every year, at least one deer, and it seems to carry us through. You know, because I, at the time, you know, up until now, I was gone a lot. So, uh, and and you know, my girls won't eat won't eat wild game. My wife won't eat it, but uh, now I've tricked my girls into eating it. They liked it, but they, you know, I can't say. Well, I got some deer here. Y'all want some? Here's some deer chili, but. You know, every time I've tricked them into eating it, they've liked it. It's but, kind. Of, it's kind of funny when that happens. My mom's the same way. Where you're, hey, mom, try some of this this beef steak, and she eats, it and she's like, man, this is really good. And then five minutes later, you tell her it's mule deer, and she starts spitting it out like it changed taste all of a sudden. I don't know. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. In uh, in like two thousand four, two thousand five. Chris, I was traveling a lot, you know, working, working in the waterfowl industry and it continued a lot of years, but I specifically remember being in Ohio and my friend Walt Gabbard, who's a musician played the 1997 self-titled CD for me. And I'll never forget where I was when I heard framed or it ain't easy being me. Um, when you start, when you started that album and, and you start talking about your, 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 kind of passion for the outdoors and wildlife um do you attribute you have a lot of songs about about um the river's own is on that album and that that theme of the river continued through a lot of your songs were were you growing up on the river were you always on it were you always in a boat you and your brothers were you fishing a lot and was the river really your home because that's kind of the influence that it gives to me of like you really truly are a river rat and that you get that word being in the south duck hunting that these guys self-title themselves river rats because they can navigate the river. They know the ins and outs of it. They know the water. They know exactly where to go and, and the tide, you know, how to stay away from the tidal pools and the danger spots. Do you accredit yourself with knowing the river that well? And that's why it played such a big role in your songwriting. I would, I wouldn't say that. Um, but I did, we, me and my brother fish trot lines in the river and, we, we we would go when I was a kid. I hung out in Seabury, Kentucky, and we would sometimes just end up. There was a gravel yard out there by the river, and we'd end up out there drinking. And any time we were out riding around, we'd all end up down at the river, and in remote areas, you know, old old gravel roads, little settlements back in there. We'd throw a line out and fish. But man, my dad fished trot lines for several years you know when i was a teenager we'd go get up in daylight and go out and i'd wade ponds and we'd catch bluegill and go down there and bake them trot lines and uh catch blue cats but as far as actually growing up on the river i lived about six seven miles from the river and uh it seemed to be a place to kind of congregate and you know the the song river zone just kind of grew i mean not uh down the river kind of grew out of my 
experience on the river because there was always some some uh, shady people hanging out down at the river running other people's trot lines. And, you know, I think my brother had been in a few altercations down there about shit like that, you know, and then run into them in town and, you know, end up being, you know, having a fight down there at the dairy bar. So it was more of just, I don't want to say I'm a river rat because I didn't grow up always in a boat and up and down a river like Tom Sawyer, but uh, I've I've spent a spent a good bit of time and uh, you know, but I wouldn't go that far. I know river rats. They live. I live three miles from the river right now, and they, you know, they're river rats. You know. Yeah, I I know them too, and I just didn't. There's such a heavy influence in your songwriting about the word river, and it just takes me back to the Mississippi Flyway yeah. and um, that record. Was it Frank Liddell that produced the first record? Uh, yeah, yeah. And Frank is uh, he's still in Nashville, and um, it, it amazes me. And I don't know where you stand on this, and I know you probably don't play the radio game. I don't know if you ever did, but the album with just the first two songs were uh, they're heavily uh, listened to by tons of songwriters today. That whole album is just like your entire library. But what what were you trying to get to radio with it? Ain't easy being me and frame. Cause these are genius songs and they, they, they are still played today. Here we are 23, whatever, 25 years later, maybe even longer than that, 30 years later. And, this album is like just nonstop played by not just me and the people in my crew, but guys that are some of the top songwriters in the industry. I know you've heard how much respect you have, but what, what, what is it about that album? What, did you know you're onto something when you wrote it ain't easy being me and framed? And did you ever want to see him play or hear him play it on radio? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I knew that what I was doing was way different from what, like the hit, the 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 people singing the hits were doing. It, it didn't seem to be as commercial uh, to me, but you know the radio did. I mean the uh, record companies did a good job with me uh, all along. You know, as far as just trying to get my songs played, I didn't get a lot of top forty play at all and as a matter of fact i heard <laughs> i heard ain't even my version of ain't easy being me right behind a kenny chesney song and i just cringed i was like man it sticks out like a, a black eyed pea in the mashed potatoes you know yeah. <laughs> and, you know it just it's so i was always like yeah yeah, hell yeah. Give me a top 40 radio hit. That'd be great. But I was never thinking this right here is going to be a hit. This is going to take me to top 40 radio. But every now and then, you know, I went from doing the record with Frank and I love that record. And then I went from that to, uh, pretty good guy and i had no um 
I don't know what you call it. I wasn't thinking, okay, I'm going to go do this. And I bet some of these songs get played on radio. I'm not, I didn't do a single song on there thinking that I was going to get played on the radio, you know, on that pretty good guy record. I did that record because I thought these are good songs. I'm going to record them and, you know, we're going to do it the best we can. And I'm going to go play these songs. You know, I love these songs. And, uh, and that's kind of the way it was on a few of the other records. And then at some point, I think maybe with enough rope, we started thinking along terms, all right, let's get some radio airplay out of this. And, you know, I mean, we got some, but it wasn't top 40 and, you know, it was a successful record, but even when I'm trying to do a commercial record, you know, it turns out to people like it, but I know when it gets done, it's like, it's not commercial. It's not, it's not going to be played like the other stuff is getting played on top 40. Right. You brought up enough rope a couple, you know, a few years after to like 10, almost 10 years, nine years after the Chris Knight self-titled album comes out enough rope. There's a songwriter that works with Frank Liddell today. Um, his name's Brent Cobb. I think, you know, Brent. I do. I like him. He's a good guy. Great guy. And he tells me that the song rural route, um, is one of the best, if not the best, country song ever written and brent is very honest he's very raw just like you are his lyrics are very raw and real to me i i think he is the best going right now as far as the younger generation of songwriters and he says he was at a concert of yours a few years ago and he was sitting there and he started crying when you were singing Rural Route. And when he played a show last year that I was at, out, we were backstage after, he started singing it. And we all came in and we all started singing Rural Route together. And then we did It Ain't Easy Being Me together. What does it make you feel like today in your career, after the successful records, but is there a, a, a part of Chris Knight that thinks about how much respect you have from the industry, even though it didn't become top 40 country. Do you ever sit back and listen to what people like Miranda Lambert or Brent Cobb or Jason Aldean or some of these top people have said about you and what your music means to them? Does that mean a lot to you um, after you've written so many classic songs that are still listened to a ton today? Well, I'm aware of it. You know, I don't, uh, you know, I don't go looking for, looking forward but uh i mean that's uh like i started i got in the music business to be a songwriter and uh you know uh people weren't beating my door down to record my songs i was doing okay you know i was writing as a staff writer stuff like that and then you know frank liddell told me you need to you know, you need to record your own music. So that's what we did. But I'd have been perfectly happy just being a songwriter. But, you know, the stuff I was writing was more personal. It's just stuff that, you know, uh, that not a lot of people are going to 
relate to enough to to play but uh you know there's that and uh you know i got to be a recording artist and, you know i've gotten some good press and things like that and i've gotten a good fan base and that means a lot but then there's the other thing with uh you know people like brent and miranda i've heard some of the stuff you know and that they like my music and everything and uh you know i mean that's another thing it's like uh like a i don't i don't know it's a pinnacle or whatever well i think she you is... know but it's a it's a, a success success for me she was quoted as saying that when she met you at a pistol annie's concert that her and her bandmates were like 15 year old girls meeting justin bieber that's what chris knight meant to them like not comparing you to justin bieber but just comparing to how a 15 year old girl would go crazy if she met justin bieber in 2015 or whenever he was on top of the world this is becoming from miranda lambert who you know arguably she's she's the Dolly Parton of her generation. She writes songs. She delivers them. She's unapologetic. She's raw. Um, she lives the life and she writes about it. And she says things like that about Chris Knight. So to me, I'm like, man, like that's as cool as it gets. I don't know. I don't know if winning a Grammy would be better. You're, uh, I don't know, but uh, it just seems like that would be so self-satisfactory for you to hear that kind of things being said about you. Um, yeah. by the people that are the leading, you know, the leading artist of today, like Miranda. Yeah. I yeah, think. it means a lot. I'm not sure they were acting like 15-year-old girls at uh, a Justin Bieber concert, but... Uh, no, she didn't say they acted like. She just quoted yeah. as saying they felt like, they felt like yeah. that of meeting their hero. Yeah. And that just shows you like what your songwriting means to so many people. How how do you write a song? Is there a science to to the words, Chris, because when you read the words of rural route, the way that you put the one line about ghosts and it says there ain't much of nothing left. The place where I became myself ghosts and memories I'd walk on by, but they'd follow me. It's almost like that's just such a really cool way that you, you, you don't mind being back at home, the, the place where you became the man that you are, but there's too much baggage there. There's too many ghosts there that you don't want following you. And that's why you don't want to walk by there. It's, it's, it's just a real, I, I can't figure that line out of what you meant by that. And do you, do you, does that, do you recall writing that line? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I was trying to get across, I guess. You know, uh, you know, mom, you know, mom is gone. So no light on and there's no telephone at the house. Right. Yeah. And this is a true story. I was pretty close. Wow. What a freaking song, man. And, and, and did you term the name rural route with the song or did you grow up with that term, you know, being a young man in that area Were you taught that that was the rural route? I grew up on uh, rural route one, Slaughter's, Kentucky. It was, it was my address. Rural route one. Yeah. Yeah. David Knight. Rural Route 1, Slaughter's, Kentucky. I love it. 
I, I, I think that I don't, I don't know if, if you have a favorite song that you've ever written, that might be, I mean, it's in the top three for me for sure. But so you, you, you came out with a CD last year, a, a new album last year. And are you still, are you, is there any plans of touring with this anymore after what's going on right now? Or are you just happy being at home with the kids or can we expect to, to be able to see you in concert again one day? Um, all of the above, you know, I'm, I've got some, I've got shows booked for sep- September, I think. They may have already fallen out, but uh, October is pretty looks pretty good. Just trying to wait and see what happens. You know, I'd lo- I'd like to have more outdoor shows before it gets too cold. Because uh, those, you know, I've done I've only had two shows since March fifteenth. And uh, I want to get on back out there. You know, you want, it seems like things might be getting better. I mean, or at least people are just really wanting to get back to, get back to normal, you know, or some, a little more normal anyway. You know, you still want to be careful, but I've, I have I. I'm not sure I want to do a show indoors where uh, the crowd. I'm playing to a crowd of people in face masks. Yeah, would you be know. good. That's <laughs> just weird, you know. And then even when I went, to, I went to Texas and played the TMR. And, you know, I mean that's always a big deal. You know, it's it's huge thing we. When I first started playing it, we'd be indoors at the big uh, South Fork complex out there outside of Plano. And, uh, you know, and, you know, I went and played it uh, a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. And, uh, you know, everybody was tailgating, you know, everybody was 30 feet away from the stage, you know. It was real good, you know. It was a good time, but it was just different, you know. And I prefer to do that right at this point, you know, play outdoor shows, right? Than play indoors because just it's the I don't know what you call it a pressed atmosphere or depressed atmosphere or whatever, you know, but it's it's uh it's not like let's go party and do a good show and you know all the crowds up on the stage and whatever or you know everybody's sitting you filled up a listening room and and you know you're doing an acoustic show and you got a full full house <clears throat> it's it's almost like there's a sadness. Do you, you know, over the room. Right. Have you found any inspiration? I have two thoughts on your comment just now. Have you found any inspiration since March to sit down and write? Or what does it take to get 
you to sit down and write? Do you have to have a project in mind or will you just get done with Texas and see in that oppressed situation and go back and maybe pin some words? Have you been writing it all through this well, pandemic? I, I've, uh, I've written a lot of, you know, songs that I guess make you think a lot. And like, you know, I mean, I've, God told me when this shit first started, I got, I just gotten back off the road and I was walking through Walmart. This was like March. I just got back from Texas. And my last show was like on a Sunday night in Austin. And then that's when everything just shut down. And I walked through Walmart. I stopped to get something on my way home. And uh, a guy walked by me. He said, you'd think a country singer would write a song about this. And I looked at him and I said, I've written this song five or six times. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, I, just, you know, I loved it. I'm glad, you know, I'm glad he hollered at me. But uh, um, that's kind of the way I feel about it. I did write a song a while back, you know, and a totally true story. I just ain't recorded it and got it out, you know. But I'm thinking, you know, that might be the way to go. Just record a daggone song. Just put it up somewhere where people can download it and hear it. And uh, it's just a true story, and uh, it ain't, you know, it ain't sad or happy. You know, it's just it is what it is. And but uh, and I wrote I wrote a little bit of other stuff too. It's not exactly all there, but. Uh, this is not inspiring me to write a song. It's not. I've been writing this shit my whole life, you know. Yeah, I totally understand what you're saying. I'm, you know, it's such an honor for me to have you on here, Chris. And I know you don't have the personality to, you know, have somebody telling you what you mean to them. But as far as what we do and who we are, we're from we're from the western part of the United States, Lake Tahoe, Reno, Nevada, Las Vegas area, and. Um, your music means everything to us. And I know, I know that, uh, you've, you've heard it all. You've been there, done that. You write the realest lyrics there are. And I'm just, I just wanted to make sure I didn't leave this talk or this conversation without letting you know that there's a huge generation of people out there, multi-generations from your age to my age. I'm 15 years younger than you. And I know people 15 years younger than me, like Brent Cobb that are, that hang on your lyrics and, and look to you, you look at you as one of the best. And it's just, it's gotta, it's gotta feel good to have such an awesome career. And I just wanted to make sure I told you that and that we appreciate your lyrics lyrics and your songs and your real your realism um so much and um i know that you know you probably don't need the compliments but i wanted to make sure that i gave you that and i, I you I, I was given 30 minutes to talk to you i could talk to you for hours and hours just because i am such a a big fan and have so much respect for what you do so i just wanted to make sure you knew that coming from our crew out here in nevada well i appreciate it yeah that's uh that's good man i you know, I really uh, appreciate hearing those words. And my last and, thing, uh, if, if I could, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Chris. No, you know, we can do this again anytime because I, I enjoyed it. Well, I enjoy you and Short your music. Short and sweet, you know. 
short and sweet, leave them hanging, come back for more, maybe next time. And I don't know where you stand on this, but could we talk about your, your being influenced by John Prine and how you knew so many songs at a young age? Can we talk about that next time? Oh, sure. Yeah. He's, That'd be great. He still listens yeah. to his music, I'm sure, and we miss him. And uh, but man, I value you. I'm, I'm glad that I've got to talk with you, and thank you so much for today. And I'm going to get off here and listen to Rural Route and just do some chores. And good luck with those bird dogs, Chris Knight. All right, I appreciate it. Uh, y'all take care, and I, I enjoyed the interview. I enjoyed talking to you. I'll uh, I'll be in touch, and uh, hopefully we can get on a hunt this year if uh, if we got time. That sounds good. I appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. All right, bye. Bye, bye. That was Chris Knight. Um, can't tell you what it means to me to be able to have the network to introduce me to Chris. I've known him for probably five years, and uh, God, this the lyrics to his songs are amazing. And you know, hearing people like Brent Cobb or Miranda say the things they say about him, and so many other artists. Just do yourself a favor and go listen to his lyrics and let the music, you know, just in, touch you. Just let it let it fill you with uh, what Chris meant by it. And his library is amazing. Listen to the wordsmithing in songs like Framed, where he's saying he was framed for a murder. But and then in one line, he says, but if I did do it and it ain't easy being me about burning bridges and making mistakes and knowing that you're messing up and still doing them again because you can't help yourself. And he's saying that he wasn't born, you know, he had to work this way to become this man that he is. And it ain't easy being that man. And when you hear it, you're just in the drum and the percussion in it. It just, it just makes you feel human and real and that, you know, we do make mistakes and, you know, we, we can mature and we can learn from them. And as long as we do that and we, and we can become a apologetic and say we're sorry for our mistakes as long as you mean it and you have a lot of compassion for the mistakes that you made and wanting to make those mistakes right and make the people that you made the mistakes with um you know understand how sorry you are that's what chris knight's music does to me but it also teaches me about that rural route life and that river rat life and 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 living off the land life and just being real it doesn't matter if you're man if matter if you're man or woman his music just it hits you and it makes you think and it makes you dissect who you are as a human being and how you're living your life and that's why i listen to it i try to listen to one chris knight song every day um tyler farr i know he is hugely inspired by chris knight he actually stole one of my chris knight shirts when he played a show out west here i let him wear it for the show and i never got it back so when i go to his house in tennessee i might be trying to find that chris knight shirt i think it, it was one that said it ain't easy being me right across the front but i'm a huge fan i was humbled and honored to have him on i hope you all enjoyed that 30 minute talk it felt like two minutes and um it's hard to to talk with somebody when you know that you get a, a certain amount of time but that's how you know that's the way chris is he's short and sweet with it just like his songs and we'll be doing it again and hopefully we make it a continuous series here at life this life ain't for everybody because it sure is a an awesome feeling to know that you got to lay one down with the one and only chris knight hope you all enjoyed that please continue to support the partners and sponsors that support our tv shows and our podcasts and all of our social media efforts and marketing efforts 
Jack Daniels is the awesome company that brought you today's episode with Chris Knight. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Jack Daniels has been there for me several times, listening to Chris Knight songs, thinking about life and figuring our way through this life. And uh, that's what we're having to do right now. Good luck to everybody out there. Hope you're enjoying the episodes. If you have any recommendations on guests or topics, please hit us up at info at this life ain't for everybody.com. Please subscribe. Tell your friends and family to subscribe to our podcast. And please leave us reviews on iTunes, Apple Music, and uh, so we can read them and know what you're thinking. And, and hopefully we're getting better at it. We set out to do a good job with our podcast, but by no means are we trying to be Walter Cronkite or Howard Stern or Joe Rogan. Um, we're just learning as we go and <clears throat> navigating our way through. So hopefully we're doing a good enough job for you to pass this along to somebody else and recommend our podcast and our conversations. I'm Chad Belding. This has been another episode of this life ain't for everybody we're going to go out today with a chris knight song this song right here is called rural route thank you all very much